Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Holly. Well, hi, Holly. What's new in the new year for you? Oh, my goodness. So many things. Uh, We are trying to get back into the swing of school, uh, which we talked about last episode, getting back into uh, school. So we're working on cementing our schedule and getting the Christmas decorations put away. We're almost done. I just have to put away the tree and the decorations off the tree. What about you, Melody? Oh, well, first we had a pause for um, some snow which as we've mentioned, we're in Central Texas and that's a rare occurrence for us. And so we stopped for the snow and then we just, same thing, started packing things up a little at a time, kind of the same way we we decorated a little bit at a time. And then, you know, different things have kept us at home. And in fact, today we're recording on Skype since uh, different people have come down with different respiratory things. We're all being safe. Exactly. May sound a little bit different, but it sure was fun to have that break of... uh, some snow. (laughs) Yes, that's why I didn't get my decorations taken down sooner, because when we get snow, we have to enjoy it, and we all built those dirty-looking Central Texas snowmen. (laughs) (laughs) Little muddy ice and snow. Yeah, not very pretty, but lots of fun. No, but it was fun to see pictures of some people had quite a bit of snow, and the snowman was as tall as the kids, and ours was was about a situation. Oh, ours was about a foot tall. (laughs) It's just tiny. But uh, it stayed on the porch for a day or so, slowly, slowly. That's that's what I like about Central Texas snow. It doesn't last very long, so we really enjoy it because we know it's not staying. Oh, absolutely. We make the most of it. Well, let's get into our topic today. We are going to be talking about the top seven steps to graduate your student. And um, let's just get right back into it. I know you had some really good things to offer because you had a student that was going all the way to college and wanted to do everything. And we brainstormed a little bit to come up with the the first step and the second step and the first most important thing. Um, What would you like to tell everybody to do first? Well, the very first thing that you should do is to fill out the FAFSA. And that sounds like a crazy foreign word, but it stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And whether your family makes $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year, you should fill out the FAFSA because it tells you and it tells colleges what your child's financial need is, and it sets them up to receive grants if they're eligible for them. And every application your child um, submits to college, they're going to want to know the information from the FAFSA. You'll need to give them the link. So starting off, getting ready to graduate your student, do the FAFSA. And you can do that early. Uh, You can do it in October, I believe, of each year. So when your child starts their senior year in October, if they're college bound, you should fill out the FAFSA. Now, if you haven't filled it out yet, that's okay. Just hurry up and get it done right away because you're going to need that when you start doing those college applications. Right. And I think you definitely want to have it done by February, if at all possible. Yes. Um, A lot of colleges are not Um, accepting applications for the fall of 2021 after a certain point in February. So time is of the essence. Right. There are actually two really good resources for doing the FAFSA, and we'll put that in the show notes. The first one is um, you should go to the College Board blog, and that's blog.collegeboard.org. And College Board, um, they oversee all kinds of things like the FAFSA and 
AP um, credits, and um, they are the ones where you'll go to find out about the SAT testing dates. So the College Board is a really great resource. And then um, to actually do the FAFSA, you're going to go to studentaid.gov, and you're going to be able to access the FAFSA application there. And you'll need some financial information. It'll tell you what things to gather. It is kind of a lengthy process. Mm-hmm. And I remember when my daughter was going to college and you have to fill out the FAFSA every year. And the year she was graduating, I said, oh, hallelujah, I don't have to <laughs> fill out a FAFSA this year. <laughs> so, right. uh, But it's well worth it. She got a lot of grants because at that time we were on a very low income. And if we hadn't filled out the FAFSA, we wouldn't have been able to get all those, um, all that money that the government has for students. So definitely do it. Definitely do it. And it is really handy because it helps you, it kind of makes you keep good records and keep up with things. And then that just has a trickle down effect of helping you in many other areas too. That's a really good point. Um, I know that when I stopped having to do the FAFSA, I got a little lax on um, some record keeping that now I'm struggling to catch up on. So yes, uh, keeping good records and having them at your disposal to fill out all these um, applications is really helpful. It sure is. All right. So that's our number one top Mm -hmm. step for graduating your student. Number two uh, would be, of course, to create your transcript or complete it if you have, or get started if you haven't started. But uh, along with that, I always think people should do a portfolio. And some colleges are wanting to see that portfolio. It's getting more and more common that colleges want portfolios. And the reason I think is because it's easier to show what a student can do or what their uh, special abilities or talents are versus looking at test scores. And of course, since COVID, those SAT scores aren't being considered because in some places, the SATs were not being taken. So right. it, it's a, I think it's nice to kind of get back to being able to showcase each student's merits because some people aren't good test takers. So you definitely want to finish your transcript exactly. or start it, like you said, if you haven't started it. And you also want to work on a portfolio, particularly if your student is going into the arts. Different kinds of art programs all will expect a portfolio. They will. And it's just a great way to showcase the best of their work and and provide a representation of their talents and their skills and their experiences. Um, You do kind of want to make sure that you read whatever the college wants to see in a portfolio and follow their directions and give them what they want exactly. Yeah, because if you don't, what happens is that your child's application isn't going to get processed, and then Mm -hmm. you might miss an important deadline. So that's a good point. Another thing is that we're talking uh, quite a bit about college, the FAFSA is about college and um, college applications and things like that, but transcripts are for people when they finish school, regardless if they're going into college, if they're going to a trade school, if they're going into the military, even if they just go to a regular job, My oldest son works for our local grocery company, and every time he has applied to go into a different position um, that's a management position, they want his high school transcript. He's never gone to college, but I have to keep getting that transcript for him. So a transcript is necessary regardless of what your child's doing after high school. Right. Well, it's a vital record of their education. And so that's why I always encourage people to start keeping track of that when they're in the ninth grade and 
keep much changing easier. as you go. Oh, yes. Be nice to your future self, right? Make it easy as you go. But yeah. you can also, along with keeping those transcript records, start a portfolio at that time and keep the best of their work and keep track of their, I don't know, extracurricular achievements and their volunteer opportunities and just pictures of their, uh, if they're into fine arts, the things that they do, examples of their projects. But along with that, you have your transcript, but you can include like a, a fleshed out course description in that portfolio in case you need it. Because some schools may want to know more than just the name of the textbook or some, you know, they want more information about what exactly was this course and what did it cover and what was your, how was your student challenged? Right. It's better to have way more information Always. than you think <laughs> you'll need than to try to go back and recreate. I have a couple friends whose uh, sons went into the military and the military wants a detailed list of every textbook they want Oh my gosh, they just want so much information. So you want to just keep track of everything and you never can have too much information. The other thing about portfolios that I wanted to mention is that there are different um, services and I don't have um, the name of them at the moment. We'll have to look it up and, I'll, and we'll have it in the show notes. But there are different um, services where your child can create an online account to put a video so say that they are, um, they have acted in a play or they have performed music or maybe they're an excellent gymnast, whatever. They can actually have links to videos that showcase their talents. So portfolios yes. are not just limited to paper. You can have right. um, links to different things that your child has done. Um, again, showcasing them and showing what's special and unique and what they can bring to the college to which they're applying. So they're, they're really important. I know for a long time, people did portfolios. Then they kind of got away from it. And now we're kind and back to portfolios again. So I think it's something you should expect to do. I think so too. And some for some people, it may turn out to be more of a scrapbook, kind of a keeping up with the memories and a keepsake. And that's fine. It's a good place for a jumping off of a more targeted one for a college application. But I love that you can do a simple three ring binder or an accordion folder with everything in there, or you can upgrade, I guess, to a digital or have them both. Just keep all the things. <laughs> Keep back track of everything. Exactly. I agree. Before we move on, can you think of anything else to mention about portfolios and what to include? Every college that wants a portfolio will have details about what should be included. And say that your child is, I don't know, they're applying to a college and they're going to go into an English degree. They still might want to have the, um, you know, links to their things that they've written or other things, essays or things like that. So I think in that case, you don't have as many things that you know you're going to supply. But there's a general idea that you're going to supply pieces of information that go with the course of study they plan to pursue in college. Number three in our list is to fill out your college applications right away. Many schools applications deadlines are in February. So if your child is a senior and you didn't think about this back in September when you started school, now is the time. It's not too late, but you'll want to jump in on that. Right. Or if your child suddenly decided they wanted to go to college. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, kids change their minds and all of a sudden then, you know, they're like, hey, I want to apply to a college yesterday. And you're like, it doesn't work that way. So you might have been the most diligent educator and your child is just not being very helpful, but you have time, uh, like Melody said, to go ahead and apply. A lot of colleges, their deadlines are in February, but 
there are many colleges still accepting applications. And there's a really cool website called collegesimply.com, and they have application deadlines listed on their website. Oh, that's really handy. You can just go and find out where you stand. Mm-hmm. And then that I do want to mention, if for some reason you miss deadlines and maybe your child is going to be delayed a semester, all is not lost and it's not the end of the world. You can always jump in whenever they finally do get everything together. Sure. Or they that, can go so. to community college for a while yes. because you can go to community college any time of the year. You know, they have summer classes, spring, fall, and they're easier to get into than some of the bigger colleges. Mm-hmm. And then you're still furthering your education while you work towards where you really want to go. Exactly. And we found that the community colleges were very good. And uh, my daughter took courses and they were really helpful and enough for her to decide what direction she really wanted to go. So it was really worth it to utilize the community college. Yeah, but- I think the community colleges sometimes get a bad rap, but it's a really great place to go to get your core course out of the way, save some money. Um, your kid can can stay at home for a little while. And if your child is young, when they graduate from high school, you know, that time at home, that year or so might be really useful. They can, like you said, still further their education, but they can still be at home while they are adjusting to life as an adult and becoming more independent. So there's lots of good options. Yeah, lots of good options with community college. Now, if your child's a junior and they're one of those high achieving kids and they know they want to go to college, uh, you can submit applications in the fall of their senior year. So those of you with juniors, um, you know, maybe have a really serious conversation with your child and let them know that there are certain deadlines that need to be met. And the sooner, the better. That's the other reason why we always encourage people to apply for the, do the FAFSA application as soon as you can. So in October of the year before um, they would go to college, you can do the FAFSA. So an important thing to remember is that you're not only worrying about college applications, but if your child's going into the military, if they're going to trade school, um, if they're going into the job force, they've got applications to fill out too. So make sure that you've got those dates and deadlines in place and in your mind and help your child get those applications in where, wherever they're applying. Right. Those are our top three steps for graduating your student. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and when we return, we'll talk more about graduating your student. Our podcast today is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home. Right, and today we really are talking about transcripts for graduating your students. So I love that Transcript Maker has made it so much easier. Oh my goodness, yes. You just have to sit down with your child's courses, their grades, the credits, and plug it all in. And Transcript Maker creates a beautiful transcript with the GPA and everything else calculated for you. Right. And I know we have great customer service. If anyone ran into a problem, all they have to do is contact someone and get the help they need. Transcript Maker has created an online help center. So I don't know about you, Melody, but whenever I was working on things for my kids, it would be like midnight. You can't call people at midnight to get help. (laughs) 
but Transcript Maker has a help center on their homepage. So you can go click on help center and then look for the topic um, that you're needing help with. So you can get help 24 seven, 365 days a year. They've thought of everything with Transcript Maker. Get your 14 day free trial at www.transcriptmaker.com. Transcript Maker, simply better transcripts. Let's get back into our discussion about graduating your student. Our top three steps were to fill out the FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid, create your transcript or get started on that or create a portfolio or both, and then to fill out college applications. So next, let's look at the last half of our list. Holly, why don't you tell us the next item? Well, these ones I think are the fun parts. So um, I would say the next thing you want to think about is doing graduation photos. Um, yeah. That's super fun. And it's a way to celebrate your kid and show what's unique about them. You can do the photos yourself or you can hire someone to do the photos. It's just, I think it gives you a chance to really enjoy all the hard work that went into the past four years and just have some fun. Um, you might want to get a cap and gown. I saw a lot of people in, uh, I think it was like April and May on our different homeschool lists asking, does anybody know where I can get a cap and gown? Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times you can just order them from a, a company, but I see them at thrift stores and people, some people have them and they just, they just kind of make the rounds, you know, they lend them around. So right. um, a cap and gown is a fun addition, but definitely not necessary. What, what did you all do? Did you do graduation photos for your kids? We, we didn't really do graduation photos. Of course, Mike, I don't know if we're the uh, anomaly here, but most of my children did not want to, by the time they graduated, they didn't want to have a big graduation party. I should have had one for me <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> that we had gotten all the way through. But they, at that point, had really transitioned into their jobs or their field, and um, they didn't really want to, to have a graduation party. But we, we have parties all the time for birthdays and other family events there's so many of us we have we have some sort of occasion every month and I think that our graduation celebrations just kind of rolled into general celebration at their next birthday or they did something fun but we I don't have any cap and gown pictures of my children and it is a good idea because there are some people who like didn't realize for my youngest that she had graduated until like oh. <laughs> two years later like no no she graduated a couple years ago and because we hadn't stopped and sent out big announcements or anything like that marking that passage um they had missed <laughs> they had missed that that she had graduated and was already you know doing other things so i do think it's a good idea to have those cap and gown photos or even just to have a photo session to make sure you have some good pictures you know to go along with your some some of those um, applications want a good photo oh that's so it's true a good that's idea a good mm -hmm. i know my um for that reason, we have pictures because different applications wanted a photograph to come with it. And so then we would stop everything and take some good pictures. But I know there's some good, um, some of the graduated homeschoolers in our community are photographers and they are always offering their services for graduation photos for people. And you kind of build in your community, you have someone that often offers that. And um, that's a good way to support those young entrepreneurs. Very good points. I, I didn't even think about photographs needing to accompany applications, but that, if nothing else, that's a really good reason to get some photography. And also when you look back, you want to remember your child at that age. 
it's just, I think it's just fun. Now, my oldest son, he didn't want anything. He just didn't want anything at all. And my middle daughter wanted everything. She wanted all of the stuff for um, graduation. And so, you know, your child might not feels excited about these things as you do. It kind of depends, but I think it is fun. I also have friends who, because they started out with that expectation and they were ready to do, you know, cap and gown and photographs and a ceremony and everything. It was part of their family celebrations. My oldest son graduated early, so I wasn't ready. <laughs> that was basically just finished things up and got busy working. And um, I probably had just had my young daughter about that same time. I just didn't have all my ducks in a row. But again, like your oldest son, he wasn't really interested in doing that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's fun. So when you do, I would say if you're going, when you're doing cap and gown photos, be sure to get some that are just not cap and gown, but also that way you have those good photographs for job good headshots. Mm -hmm. Good headshots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because of COVID, you might want to do graduation photos yourself. And you might want to just go ahead and buy your cap and gown on Amazon um, because there might not be places that are renting those things and there might not be as many resources to find people to take photographs. So just do things earlier and maybe plan on doing some of it yourself, which actually will be super fun. Oh, it would be fun. You can have a big family photo session just to make, just to, to hit all the bases. And again, like we do for everything, plan ahead earlier is better. And so let's say you've got your photos and now you're working away toward the next item on our list, which is your graduation ceremony. And I know that families do that in so many different ways. Some community groups have a ceremony, which is probably a little bit different this year. And some people do a party. What kind of things did y'all do? I know some of your children didn't want to do anything, but what did you do for the one who did want a big Um, We had a, a big party at my mother-in-law's house, and um, my daughter invited friends, so there were friends there and family, and um, we made, I made all kinds of food, and we had her diploma displayed, and we had, she wanted everything, so I got her a tassel, she had a little guest book for people to sign in and, and write little notes to her. We had a, a photograph of her on the table. Um, I believe we, we probably had a cake. We had all of it, uh, decorations, you know, it was the whole nine yards. And we just awarded her diploma to her at the party. Um, but like you said, some of the, if your child takes classes, say at a one day a week type of academy, a lot of times those academies will have um, some type of a graduation ceremony, or I know that my church had a graduation ceremony um, for the kids that were graduating, and they did a socially distant one where they were um, in our church parking lot and everybody was distanced from each other, and they they had a little ceremony. So there's lots of ways to do it, and you know your creativity um, has an opportunity to bloom with a graduation ceremony. It can be, again, really a very lovely personal um, type of a, an event. And you want to plan ahead because mm -hmm. the things you want to have for that ceremony, you'll need to have them, you know, order them well before because we don't know, you know, what kind of um, timelines we'll run into where maybe supplies aren't as plentiful. I found that when I was ordering Christmas presents, I get my mother-in-law these magnets for her garage door. And when I went to order them, the company was actually closed briefly and they were only reopening when they got um, their shipment of supplies. So you want to just really plan ahead for anything you need for that graduation ceremony. 
That's a good point. I love how creative your group was to do something in the parking lot and just all get together and they could see each other. But yeah, the kids each had a table and on the table they displayed uh, their diploma and some of their maybe if they had awards or anything like that and their families and they were all together. And then um, I think the church, I didn't go to it because I it was really only for those families. And I think they had a link to it online that we could see the pictures later. But um, I guess the, the whoever was doing the ceremony at church, they had the loudspeaker and they they made announcements and things like that. It was really neat and it was very creative. Well, I think that's awesome to have a link and then let people view things later. I know one of the one of the graduation parties we attended years ago. That was one of the most fun parts about it was that they had set up all of his projects throughout the years. It was so fun to go back and see his samples of his writing, some of his projects, just a nice time to like high school in review, just mm -hmm. to see that tracking. And then also another, another family that we know had very active in 4-H had a lot of their 4-H records and projects and all set up for us to see. And so it was just a great way to celebrate that big transition point for that child and that student mm -hmm. and celebrate with them. It was fun to be included. And um, and what people could do, um, I actually attended a wedding through Facebook Live, um, a young man really? that I know. Yeah, and they, they live streamed it on Facebook. So if you're having a graduation ceremony and, you know, people aren't traveling, you can find ways to include people who can't physically be present by doing a Facebook Live or some other type of, a, you know, using technology in real time to include people who can't physically come and be present. So um, it, it'll be real fun. And I, and I sure hope we can see some of these or some people will share some of them with us on our podcast group. Oh, that would be fun. Well, I love that. So uh, one of the steps that we had was invitations and announcements, which kind of these two are a little bit interchangeable because if you're going to have an event, you're going to have to have some kind of invitation. That goes back to what you said earlier about be sure to order things in plenty of time. You want to have your announcements in a timely fashion so you can mail them out. And uh, like you said before, not everybody is open right now and some people are closed for a brief time. You're going to have to, you might have to be making those on your own. Did you order announcements or just find something and mail them out? What did y'all do? Yeah, I did order announcements and I'm trying to remember um, what company I ordered them from. It was a long time ago, but another option is to use Evites. I've used Evites mm -hmm. for my son's birthday party um, and you can either have them physically mail something or you can just send, you know, Evites, which you can send them now to people in a text or in an email. Um, so that's a good way to make announcements or um, invitations. And I think that Evites also was testing out, you know, like a virtual option where people can attend your party virtually. So um, I tried that way back at the beginning of the pandemic. I tried to do um, a happy hour with some friends and it wasn't quite it didn't quite work that smoothly. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that maybe now it's better. Of course, you've also got Zoom or Skype. You've got lots right. of options. I love so. that we have so many options. And I imagine if you tried to do that again, it might work a little better now. Everybody's a little bit more uh, adept at using all the different meetings. and. Yeah, my eight-year-old has a really good command <laughs> of Zoom now. So I think that we adults probably... We can catch up. We, we should step up a bit. 
but yeah, um, if you're mailing, if you're if you're doing invitations or announcements, you just want to get those things done sooner rather than later, because um, it's nothing more sad than to have someone tell you that they didn't get an invitation too until too late to respond. Oh, that is sad. Well, I know even some of the Christmas cards we got this year were late because of COVID. Just different little companies that weren't able mm. to keep up with demand, and it well, was still mail. fun to get those. Yeah, in the mail. So some of them had little notes tucked in. You're like, because of 2020, here's your <laughs> Christmas card in January, sure. which was just fun. And we just talked about that. Now, we mentioned diplomas a couple of times now. We've mentioned them if you wanted to have them in your photo and if you want to have it at your ceremony. But we haven't really talked about getting one yet. So let's talk about that. as our last step. So you have um, quite a few options. You can buy the special paper and actually create the diploma and print it out on your home computer. You can order them from lots of different places. HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, has a service where you can order diploma from them. And here in Texas, which I don't think it's limited to Texans, but the Texas Homeschool Coalition, THSC.org, also has an option to purchase a diploma. Mm -hmm. um, so you have several options. And there, there are other organizations. HSLDA and THSC are two of the ones with which I'm most familiar. And I've all, gotten all my kids' diplomas from THSC. I, it was just nice not to have to try to print it out myself. And it came in a nice, oh, like a little folder, you know, Another a special <laughs> folder. Mm -hmm. So, and, they, and the kids all got to be um, involved in choosing like the font they wanted for their diploma or a special verse or um, something to add to it. So it's, it's really fun. Nobody's really done much with your diplomas. In fact, I think I still have everybody's diploma on a shelf in my uh, my bookshelf. But mm -hmm. um, it was fun as another thing to create for them and, and mark their achievement of finishing high school and moving on to their next step in life. I Did y'all do diplomas? Uh, so far, it has been more important to have the transcript than the diploma. Well, that's yeah. true. I don't remember anyone ever asking me for my diploma, but I have been asked for my transcript quite a few times in my adult life. Right. So that was for us. It's like I think that it's one of those things like someone wants it. You make sure you have it. And no one's asked for that diploma. So that project is still kind of on the sidelines. Right. But, um, it's something we plan to do. And I know that different uh Family members have their diplomas framed. Different, they graduated from home school and they have some really beautiful diplomas. Went ahead and framed them because it does represent those years of hard work. Mm -hmm. and it's a significant it. achievement. Mm -hmm. It really is. So those are our top seven steps for graduating your student. We talked about the FAFSA, your transcript, your portfolio filling out your applications in a timely fashion, graduation photos, graduation ceremonies, invitations, announcements, and then the actual diploma itself. At this time in our podcast, we usually answer a big question, but first we have a letter from one of our listeners. Yes, Lindsay wrote in and said, so I just listened to your podcast and it brought one of my homeschooling issues to my attention. We don't have a set schedule. And I have not been planning things out very well. When I try to do school with my son, I'm trying to find what we need to read or do, and I lose his attention. Then it's a chore to get him back. I never thought about it being a planning problem. I'm going to plan things out better for next week. I hope it will make our day go smoother. 
I'm so glad that was helpful to somebody. But yes, I always wanted to make sure I had everything I needed before we got started because once you get interrupted, it's really hard to get them back. It is. And kids don't respect you when you're not prepared. Um, they kind of can tell that you don't really know what's going on. So they don't really want to cooperate as well. I like to sit down on Sunday and get everything in order. And I had, you know, my art book, I had the art materials, everything was all in a stack and it was ready for me just to grab. Um, the books have uh, little bookmarks in them so that I can even so I can locate the page number right away. Right. So you can just flip the book open to the right page. Yes, exactly. I want to minimize any issues that might give my son a little toehold into going into inattention. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's talk about this week's big question. I've been seeing a lot of people starting to look for other resources. At this point in their homeschool year, they either love what they're doing or they're ready to find something different. So I'm seeing that question over and over. How do I find other curriculum? What kind of resources can I use instead of this? What kind of ideas do you usually give people? I'm usually telling them to talk to their friends and to look at what other people are looking or find someone who has a child similar to yours in personality or disposition and find out what your friends are using and get some good ideas that way. How about you? Yeah, I think that's really wise advice. All of a sudden, you know, as as we were changing from 2020 to 2021 in my homeschool groups, we're popping up the questions. Um, I've been using time for learning, but my kid doesn't seem to respond to it so well. Or I've been using easy peasy and my kid's not really liking it. What what do you suggest we do? And then the homeschool community just, you know, it's like a big hug and they just rally around the person and they offer them help and resources. Um, and so that's where you should start. Start with yes. your homeschool community. Mm -hmm. Ask your questions on Facebook. And, and here's the other great thing is all the people who hate some of the stuff they've been using are selling it. Yes. And so if that's something you want, you can get something at a really good price right now because people are letting their, re their resources go that weren't working for them. Yeah, I have I stocked that. up. Yeah, I've stocked up a lot that way where um, since I've been homeschooling for a long time and I know what I'm going to be doing, it's made it really easy for me to buy math curriculum for the next year or two or um, art materials or any kind of other item. So and it's also a good place, a good time for you if you don't like something you're using, you know, sell it and recoup some of that investment and then you have funds to buy something you like better. That's what I love about the homeschool community because everybody is selling things at a discount. And so you're almost trading things. This didn't work for me. See if this will work for you. You're not out an exorbitant amount. You're not having to pay full price, but you still get something that you need and you're helping your friend and they're helping you by providing it. I know I had a friend call me this uh, last week and they, she works from home and the curriculum that they were using for science was very like teacher intensive and she's looking for something that her child can do on his own now that they've realized that while they like what they're doing the requirement that it's needing for her time is too high in order to make it work really well and so they're just looking for options and that's what she was doing polling all her friends and asking other people what they like about what they're using and 
uh, what they know of that might be a good idea for her is something to switch. She's going to finish out the year with what she's doing, but she's got her eye on the next year and she's looking ahead. Yeah. And we actually had um, an episode a while back about curriculum and learning styles. So if you're running up against this issue of uh, this, what we're doing isn't working, won't you, you might want to go back and listen to our podcast that talks about curriculum and learning styles. And that will help you point point you into a direction that might be more useful and um, you'll you'll figure it out it takes a couple years to figure it out sometimes but you'll we'll have a link in the show notes so that you can find that episode more easily oh that's good if you have homeschooling questions or comments please send them to us on twitter at underscore homeschool pod email us at happy homeschool pod at gmail.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash happy homeschool pod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Holly. Happy homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Holly williams Erbach. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find our music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. Please send them to us on Twitter at homeschoolpod. Wait, you got to go back. You didn't give the link right. It's underscore. Oh, phooey. Let me write, let me circle that. If you have homeschooling questions or comments, please send them to us on Twitter at homeschool. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> underscore. I'm never going to have to draw an arrow to that underscore. Okay. Here we go. Five times. All right.